Hey everyone, uh, really excited to be sharing another episode of The Cool Ring with you today. And in today's episode, our guest really uh, takes us through the business value of, of sharing data and implementing uh, a very robust data sharing strategy with your distribution channel partners. And I guess as you listen to it, the thing that really stood out for me, Jeff, they, they almost be pulled into it by customer request, if you will. Yeah. The strategy is in some ways hatched out of a reactive nature to customers are demanding this and we need it. We need to do it. And it struck me in that moment that, my goodness, as marketers, if we could just get off of our heels, how great, like I, I think part of the lesson from today's guest is how great would it be to be leaning into that as a strategy rather than just simply reacting, if you will. For sure. And I, I think the the story that the guest tells about how they got into it and then the fact that they kind of started building upon this data sharing architecture and making it available to more and more customers and seeing the, um, the massive increased business benefit of that. They may have started out being asked for it, but, you know, really dove in with both feet to make it an, a, a marketing imperative that is really a marketing-driven IT solution for, for business. Absolutely. Well, look, without further ado, today's episode. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you making out, sir? I am doing well. And uh, look, it's uh, it's another uh, lovely uh, summer day. Uh, good to be chatting with you and doing this recording. And, uh, and uh, I think our first Cooler Ring guest joining us from Lisbon, Portugal. Definitely. Potentially the first joining us from Europe at all? I don't know. I don't know. I, see, this is the thing where memories, I have a great memory, it's just not very long. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to uh, only stick to my uh, uh, line, which is the first guest from Lisbon. I can stand behind that, Jeff, but else, I'm not so sure. I know we've had guests from China and Australia, but uh, this is... Definitely from Lisbon. So, anyway, joining us today is John Joyce. John is the global marketing director at Brennan Industries. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, John. Olá, uh, posso falar em português? Say to Kiris. No. It's very. Uh, I, like, I, can, I can say thank you in Portuguese. And I think that's about it. Okay, let's hear it. Isn't it uh, obrigado? It is obrigado. Yeah. Muito bem. Um, which is about all I have to say uh, when nice people bring me drinks and food, <laughs> which is about all I do when in Portugal. So no, there you go. I was actually in Lagos last summer with my nephew. Yeah, the Algarve. It's very beautiful. Yeah, we just uh, went down there and um, um, did our best to uh, explore every possible aspect of uh, the Algarve nightlife that we could. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and, a great place. Lots of people love to go there for sure. Yeah, I was supposed to be in Lisbon last summer. That was on the list. And then when Boeing's planes completely uh, messed up, my trip got canceled. And so I bought a house instead. Oh, that works. You know, it's not really as interesting as going to Lisbon. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a redirection. Yeah, houses are important. Eh? 
Well, you got to live, right? So, and well, John, that's, uh, this is enough of the tourism uh, brochure for Portugal. Let's get on with the show. Um, okay. Uh, introduce us to Brennan Industries a bit and your role there, if you would. Okay. So Brennan is a manufacturer of hydraulic components, primarily hydraulic fittings, which are the little metal bits that connect hydraulic tubing and hoses together and make things work. And Brennan has been in business for over 65 years and has a, a presence throughout North America, Europe, and Asia, and uh, is really one of the largest manufacturers uh, and uh, distributors of hydraulic fittings. Very cool. And um, uh, you say manufacturer and distributors, do you work through uh, distribution channels as well, correct? Correct. So, yeah, we have an entire network of somewhere in the neighborhood of 6,000, 6 to 7,000 distributors who carry our products all, all around the world. Uh, we also do sell our products directly in some instances with certain OEM type users as well. And, uh, John, I guess the, in the, in the lead up to today's uh, conversation, um, uh, you just uh, you succinctly put it uh, uh, kind of I think in some ways summed up your your strategy that we're going to talk about today around that there's a business cost of of not sharing data. And it sounded to me in that moment that really what you've um, part of the change that you've brought to Brennan is to uh, highlight the opportunity um, that is inherent in um, uh, the ways uh, data can be shared between a manufacturer such as Brennan and that distribution channel is so important. Um, I wonder if we could just start kind of unpacking that strategy a bit. If you could tell our listeners what you've done there. And um, along the way, we'll uh, see if we can uh, unpack the impact of it as well. So I'd like to start with uh, kind of some of the objections, uh, just because this is kind of where manufacturing a lot of times is coming from when they're presented with something like this concept of sharing data, sharing product information, um, which is, which is fear, uh, in all honesty. So there's a knee jerk fear reaction that prevents, uh, the sharing of information, uh, information that breaks down barriers to doing business, uh, information that makes it easier to buy your products. Uh, and, I think it's like a little bit of a black box fallacy or whatever you want to call it, where people don't understand the system. Uh, and so they're afraid of it. So they don't know, you know, you can't possibly understand everything about a complex system. And so they're, they're worried the data will get into the wrong hands or somehow be misused. I think one of the first things you have to overcome is this concept of we don't want to share our data, that sharing data is dangerous. In this day and age, you really, to, to do business, you need to share data. People want things quickly. Uh, even in kind of like a relatively stalwart sector like manufacturing, industrial manufacturing, people want things quicker and quicker and quicker. In order to get things quicker, they need more access to information faster. So a big part of this is doing that. And let's just give our listeners some texture on what we mean when we say data, because, of course, data can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What are you talking about when you say it? Sure. So from a marketing standpoint, you know, data is 
information about your products. You're always trying to disseminate information about your product. It could be anything from what does it look like to how big is it to what is it made out of to how much does it weigh? Uh, does it violate, you know, this, uh, this restriction or that restriction or have these import controls or export controls, or is it made of any material that might be considered dangerous in any circumstance? Uh, there's a whole variety of that type of product data. And then there's also up to the second data, which might be how many of them do you have on hand? Where are they in your global network of, uh, you know, distribution centers or profit centers and how much do I pay for that uh, in my specific in my specific uh, circumstance, not just a general list price or something? So people want the most granular and specific information that they can get about products. It also might include things like CAD files or or high end engineering documents that really help somebody to implement that product in their assembly or whatever they're going to do with your product. Our product goes into other people's products. So is it when you get to that more, almost, if you will, advanced level content that you find the fear kind of sets in a bit? I mean, it would seem like the specifications and things of that sort would be a bit table stakes and people understand the importance of that. Or is just the fear of tying these systems together? Um, and are they generally afraid of competitors getting this information? Or is it actually even customers and distributors receiving this information that they're afraid of, do you find? Yeah, so I think in general, people are afraid of competitors having too much information about their products, you know. So, but, you know, the the fear I think overall is that once you let the information get out of the bag, you can't control it, which is true. So you may be giving information to somebody who's more or less trusted, but you don't know what they're going to do with it uh, and could purposefully or accidentally overshare it, let's say. So, but the reality is I think all of those kind of fears are, are unfounded anyway, unless you're giving away something that is a, you know, some sort of a trade secret that you want your information to be in the hands of customers. You want your information to be out there in the marketplace. And there's more harm that would come from preventing that information from being out there in the sense of lost business, right? A, a very unforeseen cost and hard to quantify cost of, you know, it's harder to do business with us. Therefore, we get a little less business. It's hard to quantify uh, on, the, on the front side of doing a project like, you know, building a system to share inf inf information with your distribution network. But that cost is still a real cost. So, you know, there's a pain point to that cost and, and people don't see it. But what they see is, oh, if this information gets out, maybe a competitor will know, you know, where our products are, how many of them we have you know, where we might not, where we may have less than we should or more than we should, or, you know, even priceless, even list priceless can be, they're published uh, most of the time, but still people want control over that or don't want the entire catalog of data being shared, just like little subsets because it's safer. Yeah, it would, it would almost seem to me that, you know, the bigger concern rather than competitors getting a hold of this information, assuming, of course, that none of it is a trade secret is distributors like Amazon getting a hold of that kind of uh, information where they actually have some of those business practices of replicating product and uh, and creating their own when they see a category that's actually on the rise. Um, you know, you don't necessarily 
think of them as the as the enemy in this case. But I think, you know, in terms of uh, releasing data, they're probably more dangerous than most and have the ability to to go after it if they wanted to. Well, yeah. So Amazon, you know, they have been making a concerted effort to push into the industrial space, uh, you know, over the last, I don't know, several years. And, uh, you know, the reality is they're, they're somebody we work with just like anybody else we're working with. So we're on, honestly actively pumping our data into their system, uh, just like probably so many other people are. Uh, so in reality, you just, you can't, I don't think, do business out of fear of sharing uh, product information. You have to make sure your products in your business um, have actual unique advantages uh, in the marketplace. Do bring something different uh, to the market than just you know data that reduces your product to a commodity. You've obviously uh, helped the organization get past that fear. So, John, is it uh, you know are you just a good sales guy? Uh, is the person uh, that you report into particularly visionary here? Uh, do they just trust you implicitly? And uh, we're off to the races. How did you get to where you're at? How did they get mo- move past it? All of the above, of course. First <laughs> of all, and then on top of that. Um, you know, what really I think pushed this off of the ground is demand by uh, partners, you know, demand by distributors. So more and more and more uh, distributors refuse to not have this kind of data information, this product data, this uh, even inventory data uh, at their fingertips, right? So once they start realizing we could have this, they start demanding it. Uh, and then they hold you accountable to whether you're up to providing it or not. And for us, customer demand was the biggest driver. But, you know, there was reservations, obviously, going into it. But uh, the reality is it's it's been well worth it. And honestly, we built our internal system for sharing this kind of data specifically for one distributor. Uh, at the very beginning, and it is just you know multiplied over the years. We're just adding additional uh, people to the system, and now there's probably I think about twenty uh, all in all different distributors that are attached to the system with over two thousand different distribution locations using it on a daily basis uh, to get product data without having to call, without even having to go to a website, just, you know, getting direct access to your product data as easily as possible. Manufacturing is undergoing a rapid transformation, and Maypie's annual leadership summit, Manufacture Ed Online, will be exploring the many issues faced by the industrial sector. Join us on October 21st from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern for this virtual summit. The Cooler Ring is proud to be a media partner again this year. Register now using the promo code COOLERING20 and save 20%. Just go to manufactureedsummit.com or follow the link on our podcast page. Hope to see you there. Let's talk a bit about, um, because you've built some of these connections yourself as a marketer, if I recall correctly. And and let's talk a bit about kind of what sort of things you've put in place in order to make that data accessible by your distribution channels and partners. So, I mean, if you want to get a little technical, uh, yeah, it's a uh, system that I built uh, and it is 
a web-enabled system. So basically it provides a what you would call an API endpoint, uh, a point out there on the internet where people, customers can, where we can connect two ERP systems together, essentially. That's the short version of it. So I, I just put a gateway out there and a system behind it that's customized to a partner's ERP system and its ability to go get information in, uh, in real time over the internet. Like SAP, for instance, has modules for being able to tap into feeds of information. And so we build a uh, comparable endpoint for them to tap into. And depending on the customer, uh, you know, they all have different systems. This one's using SAP. This one's not. This one's using something else. This one has a homegrown solution. So for each one of those, you kind of have to build a little adapter layer to customize it so that it works exactly with their system and gives them just the data that they're looking for exactly how they want to get it. And that's kind of how the sharing happens. It's all done over the internet. It's, you know, it's tightly controlled and uh, it's not just open to anybody, but it's customized and tightly controlled. Don't know if that answers your question. Well, I, I think, it, it, you know, um, we've certainly done a fair amount of uh, ERP connections, uh, building APIs for those things to access e-com platforms and other stuff like that. Like Exactly. I think that's actually one of the biggest, potentially biggest future trends in uh in manufacturing marketing is just this ability for different systems to talk to one another um, using some consistency of, uh, of platform, you know, between them of the way that they share data. You know, it's certainly the case that, uh, you know, the, the complexity of these systems and the volume of them is not going anywhere. Um, we're all adding more and more to our MarTech stack all the time. And uh, the ability of these systems to talk to one another is going to be one part of the recipe for success for all business um, in the future. I agree. I, I think I mentioned this to you guys when we talked uh, previously, but I had a conversation with a marketing director of a very large corporation, uh, multinational corporation, and we were talking about this exact circumstance. They wanted to implement some sort of a system that would pipe in to their distributors a, a, a feed of information about their products. And uh, we were just talking about how it's becoming more and more important for marketing to drive some aspects of IT uh, in development of things like this because uh, marketing represents the voice of the customer uh, oftentimes for an organization uh, also in terms of what they need electronically. So marketing is often responsible for customer-facing technology. Things like websites, apps, uh, and electronic tools like that often fall under marketing. But this kind of an endeavor is one uh, which is a marketing IT usually hybrid. And I think more and more, uh, the marketer of whatever organization it is needs to be uh, you know, thinking about and, and actively driving the IT department to reach these marketing goals that these customers have uh, and able to like step into that role and just say, look, IT department, we need to build this thing. If you don't already have it, uh, we need to build it and find a way to bridge these gaps because customers anymore, you know, used to be they were happy looking at your catalog. Then they were happy looking at your catalog on your website. 
Then they were happy on your mobile app. Now they don't even want to look at it. Now they just want that information pumped straight into their brain organizationally. They don't want to have to call you or go www.yourcompany.com, hit the search box. None of that. They just want your information in their face, in their brain, automatically, right? And that means, you know, we as marketing people have to do all the work for that and, and make it easy so they have to do nothing. And that's honestly, that's a lot of what marketing is already doing anyways. We're trying to make it as close as I can possibly be to, to sticking that product in your hand and you don't have to do anything. Uh, and this is what we're trying to do, but just using a technology channel instead of a, you know, a paper channel or a website channel. It's not lost on me the connection between that sentiment and the fact that it was a customer demand that drove the organization to adopt the strategy overall. Um, I mean, we're just coming at it from from from, from two sides. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to me. Uh, you've mentioned it a few times, this notion of not having to call, not having to connect with the organization in order to get the information they can get it themselves or they have it already. Um, and you've, that notion of saving of service time, and um, if you will, has there been a, a, a quantifiable decrease in the amount of time it takes to service uh, those distribution partners that are uh, connected to you in this way? Yeah, uh, there's been two things. There's been a a quantifiable decrease and a quantifiable increase in the amount of information and interaction that we're seeing from them. So not only is it easier to answer their questions, because it's easier for them to get the answer, they're more likely to ask the question. So when we, when we uh, look at the activity log, let's say, of what's being uh, handled by the system, it's, it's eliminating approximately 1,000 phone calls a day. Uh, and we know this a thousand times people hit the system asking for information. Now, would they have, okay, on the, that's how many times they're hitting the system. Now, would they have really actually called every single one of those times? Okay, they probably wouldn't have. We know we're eliminating calls and they're getting more information. So they're actually calling less and getting more information. Hmm. And that's that, I think, is a win-win, right? We know they're getting easier access to information and, uh, we also have to do less, you know, there's less uh, human CSR type contact. I mean, they do talk to CSRs when they need to talk to them and the CSRs will call them if they need to call. So the human element is not gone, but it's only there where it needs to be. It's not a, like have to have to have the human element for, you know, super mundane things. I do literally a hundred times a day to find information about where a product is. Hmm. All those things are streamlined down to just like milliseconds of, you know, technical systems talking to each other. And uh, I mean, that's a, that's one of the benefits that I guess going into this initiative would be hard to quantify. And you mentioned another, um, that, that notion of the, the, the missing out on business. How do you quantify the business that you're missing out on by not doing it? Um, the business cost of not sharing the data. So have you been able to ascertain that as well? Uh, we, we haven't attempted to ascertain it. Honestly, it was essentially a, you have to do this 
from our customers, you know? So I think had we not done it or had we not been in that position, uh, could, could, you know, could you ascertain a, a difference? I'm sure you could, but the position we were in, there would have been a massive loss in business if we had not done it. Cause then we would have just said to, you know, some of our biggest distributors, uh, we're just not really interested in doing this for you. And that would, you know, not go over great. But the, but the reality is if you're, if you're listening to this and you're a marketing guy in any kind of organization and your customers aren't asking you for this yet, or aren't flat out demanding it from you yet. Okay. That day is coming. Like people don't want uh, more work to do ever, right? Everything is going towards the faster, easier, and this is faster and easier for everybody. And so it's, it's an inevitable, I think it like, like you said previously, uh, Jeff, it's, I think it's just is the direction things are, things are moving. It's the, you know, next version of you need a website is, you know, you need to be able to share your product data in real time with anybody who, who wants it, you know, quickly and easily as easily as possible. Of course, none of this is easy. It's a massive technical undertaking, but once it's done, it's, then it's easy. How is this, um, uh, because we've acknowledged it's uh, in some way, a new role for marketing and, and, and a lot of, uh, the manufacturing marketers listening to this show will not uh, necessarily be there yet. I'm wondering how is it, um, has it changed the priorities in the marketing organization overall, or has it just simply been a net new addition of responsibilities? Um, how has it shifted how you support those partners longer term as well, or think about um, how you resource against that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for us, it's been an addition. So, uh, you know, it's just been a whole new area that didn't exist whatsoever uh, before, which now occupies actually an ever-increasing uh, amount of time uh, and, and budget. Because like anything, once you turn the faucet on, you can't turn it back off again. So, you know, you this is the beginning of something you don't stop at least not for the foreseeable future. Maybe someday hmm. technology will be beyond what we can even do this like this, but it's been, it's been for us a whole other add into the marketing mix. And to me, I think I look at it as the, re as, as kind of like the replacement or the modern version of, of pull channel pull. When you talk like push, push and pull in a channel, like the, the push is you're out there, at least for us in our model, we're out there raising brand awareness, trying to generate leads. The pull is uh, is greasing the slope of, of the business on the backside. So like when that customer comes into the funnel, there's nothing, there isn't one little bump or hiccup that's going to slow down our, uh, our partner's ability to, you know, do, do that sale, make that sale or get the information they need to you know, make the right choices for their, for our customers on our behalf. John, this has been a fantastic uh, kind of discussion and overview of this uh, approach. I've really enjoyed it. I wonder, um, you know, I guess having a bit of the benefit of hindsight, um, if you were having a conversation with yourself about uh, um, uh, before you started this and you were going to give yourself your, your past self some advice, um, 
What's the one thing that you maybe got wrong or you wish you would have done differently along the way so far with this? Yeah, that's actually easy. Uh, I would have thought bigger. So, you know, thinking too small at the outset. And then I've had to re-architect, for, for instance, our system two different times to make it more scalable because I didn't think big enough. Like it, it's more popular or the, there's more uses for a system like that enables the ability to share all this kind of data easily. There's more and more uses for it. And you find, and other people find, you know, uses for that system and you keep, just keep expanding and expanding and expanding. So I would think, I would say to my previous self, don't think small. Think like this is actually probably going to replace all the other electronic marketing systems that you have now, whatever they may look like with your most important clients, like with your most important distributors, your most important partners, this is going to become the website replacement, the mobile, whatever replacement. It's going to replace actually calling. Uh, it's going to replace emailing, uh, you know, 90% of the time. And it's going to become like the primary channel. And then on top of that, you're going to find 20 or 25 new ways of using it that you haven't even thought about. Uh, so think big would be what I would tell myself and be prepared to make it whatever you build, make it flexible. That's a lovely bit of parting advice. And thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, that's, uh, I think it's a wonderful challenge that you've uh, put out in front of folks and something to live into for sure. Well, thanks. And thanks for having me on, guys. It's been great talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.